now, here's our very own Professor Emeritus of the Forgotten and Obscure to tell us where they've all gone, our very own Rockter J. Leave me alone. Don't talk to me, all right? Knock it off! <laughs> <laughs> yes, just when you thought that being a cougar king couldn't get any worse, along comes the uber coog, Ryan Leaf. Leaf, in his better days, led the Cougars to a Pac-10 championship and a Rose Bowl loss to Michigan. Yeah, it still makes me laugh. In the 1997-98 season, uh, which they lost 21-16, he was a finalist for the Heisman, finishing third behind Charles Woodson and winner Peyton Manning and a first-team <laughs> All-American. He skipped his senior year and entered the 98 draft and was picked second behind Peyton Manning and ahead of a guy named Matt Hasselbeck. Yeah, signing, what a winning choice that, that turned out to be. Classic. Signing a $31 million four-year contract with $11 million was that signing bonus. No, $11 million signing bonus. Oh, Lord. So he got the $11 million. And then, as all Cougars eventually do, he super cooped <laughs> it. In his career at San Diego, wow. he threw two touchdowns and 15 interceptions. Leaf, being the class guy he was, blamed it on his teammates and began yelling at reporters, as we heard in the clip that just occurred. Uh, after the 2000 season, the Chargers cut their losses and waived him. Leaf bounced around the league until 2002, even being briefly signed by the Seahawks. Oh, what was Holmgren wow. thinking? Oh, my God. Life uh, for Leaf hasn't been too great since then. He was fired as a coach for the West Texas A&M team for asking players to get him pain pills in 2008. Yeah, that was his old coach from the Cougar days, That's too. right. Yeah, it was Price. And yeah. recently he was indicted on burglary. I wonder if they went to strip clubs together. They probably did. And, or else <laughs> did burglary and uh, drug charges in Texas in 2009. Yes. Leaf was sentenced to 10 years probation and fined 20 Caught grand. Caught at the border. 20 grand. Woo. Well, he probably, I don't know, if he hasn't blown the $11 million, he probably's got it. Yeah. In 2010, the NFL Network listed Leaf as the number one NFL quarterback bust of all time. Oh, out. And that's what's happening with Ryan Leaf now. Man. The cow says. The horse says. The rooster says. And the guitar says... Yeah, man, uh, following a long line of spectacular guitar shredders around the world, instrumentalist extraordinaire is a guy here in the South Sound that can't be denied. He's amazing, amazing talent. His name is Rick Beatty, and he joins us today. Rick, how's it going, bud? Great, great. That is some amazing stuff. How are your fingers? Are they sore? Are they a little tired? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's uh, I, mean, I know there's yeah. a, there's six strings, and uh, you know there's a bunch of frets on the fretboard. But I, how you uh, blow through like that, I'll never know. 
That is some amazing stuff. Uh, now, what got you started uh, in guitar, and then how did you decide to go the non-vocal route, which is, uh, you know, that's, there's some big names, you know, we can go through them, Satriani, Hoey, and, you know, all the guys that, that we know about, but it's really not, uh, on a local level, a, a big art form doing non-vocal music and instrumentalist music, and you seem to have really uh, found a niche with this, and why did you go that route? Well, I'd been in uh, plenty of bands uh, here in Washington, and um, I just uh, I started out uh, started it out as a side project. Basically, I was in a band when the whole Seattle grunge thing was going on, and basically you had to if you wanted to play in Seattle during that time, that's what you had to play type thing. And um, so. It, I, before that, I was in a band that was a lot, that was real prog rock, like Dream Theater and everything. So going from something like that to like Soundgarden, you know, style, you know, music was very, it was a big change. And mm -hmm. I still wanted to do, you know, keep the, my chops up and all the different things I was doing. Uh, so I started as a side project. And when that band dissolved, I just decided to focus all my efforts into the side project and uh, started putting albums out and, uh, started getting endorsements and everything just kind of started happening. More things happened for me doing this than, than the other. So Yeah, we'll talk about the endorsements because those are uh, stellar indeed in a moment. But the name of that track that we came in with is called is titled Guitar Farm, and that's you at the beginning uh, sounding like the old where you the pull the string. Yeah, yeah, the CNC. I, we, we actually we bought one off of eBay to do the beginning of the album with, and uh we you know weren't thinking of course there is no little selection that says and the guitar says yeah i, I was so, trying to bring was <laughs> yeah, trying you know, to remember back and i don't remember that <laughs> there's, there is no guitar on the farm so <laughs> so we uh so so i thought okay well i'll just i'll just dub that last part in and then it just sounded too different so i was like mm -hmm. well okay so i just need to do all of it and uh so yeah so i just ended up doing all of it and then i put my voice in like an old am radio sound effect so it sounds old and scratchy and like something you'd find out of a four dollar 1970s toy or something so <laughs> perfect <laughs> i've got to go uh to the equipment side and uh at your uh, facebook page i noticed that uh you play uh ibanez guitars and a lot of times you know traditionally rockers are going to be playing uh you know the Strat, gibsons or the strats Tellies. why uh why ibanez well um and actually um i guess we'll, we'll kind of get to it but uh I, I've been in, I've been endorsed by Ibanez for quite a quite a while. I've been uh, I'd played on them since I was thirteen. I just recently actually switched from Ibanez to DBZ guitars. But I'll tell you about the Ibanez thing. Um, I started out when I was thirteen uh, because a lot of my favorite guitar players, like Joe Satriani, were playing on Ibanez. And if you look at all the the most uh, most of the most popular instrumental guys, um, Paul Gilbert, Steve I, Joe Satriani, they're all Ibanez endorsers. Ibanez gears their guitars for guys who really you know like to shred and and uh has a lot of options for um uh for being able to play fast and move around quickly um and uh like i said i'd played on them since i was 13 years old and uh so to get the endorsement was a huge thing for me uh after having the endorsement for quite a while and um of course uh it's it's hard to you know uh 
be in any kind of light with uh, when you've got guys like Steve I and Joe Satriani right. uh, with the same company. Um, I, I realized I, I had gone pretty much as far as I was going to go with the company. So uh, while I was doing a guitar clinic out in New York, uh, J&R Music, uh, Dean Zielinski, the former owner of Dean Guitars, uh, approached me and asked me if I'd be interested in playing one of his guitars during the clinic. I said, sure. And uh, after we were done, he asked if I'd be interested in fully endorsing his new line of uh, guitars, his new company's DBZ guitars. And they are literally the most amazing guitars I've ever played in my life. I, I've got uh, the first one that he sent me, and uh, I've, I haven't touched any of my other guitars since I've got it. And he's doing some custom shop stuff for me and some other things. And uh, I, I'm just I, I'm amazed by it. It's, it's really incredible. What about the uh, artwork on the guitars? Is that something that was done for you, or did you do that yourself? That was something that I had done. Uh, I've always been uh, really into Egypt and uh, different things. And, of course, Steve I has the whole market cornered on the pyramids and everything <laughs> on his guitars. So, uh, so I went with the Scarab. And uh, I've got a couple guitars that have scarab in, uh, scarabs painted on the front of them and uh, scarab inlays on the fretboard. And uh, so what we've done is with DBZ guitars is he has a machine that will actually laser uh, carve into the top of the guitar. So he's going to carve the scarab into the top of the guitar out of the flame maple top. Hmm. And uh, it'll be painted that chameleon paint that kind of changes colors when the light hits it like a scarab shell does. Wow. And then on the fretboard, it'll have the scarab inlays made out of blue abalone slowly going up the fretboard. And uh, it's going to be an amazing guitar. <laughs> very, 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 cool. very cool. It'll be one of those things when you're uh, performing that you'll be going up here. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I, I I love guitars that when you when you bring them out on stage, people notice them right away. I love guitars that speak, you know, for themselves. Yeah. And uh, the guitar that he sent me, it, it's it's just it's so gorgeous that every single show I do, every single clinic I do, everyone, everybody, even non musicians are coming up asking me about the guitar. Even with my other guitars having the scarabs painted on them and stuff, I never got that those that that much attention for the guitar and stuff so i i you know it's i really i can't wait for this new guitar to come out nice that'll be good. awesome now uh let's talk about your uh endorsements and your uh clinics that you put on all over the united states yes and uh so roll through uh the digitech and all the different um endorsements that you have that have come your way and then tell us a little bit about the clinics what how people can sign up for them, where they're at, sure. what, what they can expect. Okay. Uh, endorsements. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, um, well, DBZ guitars, of course. Uh, orange amplifiers. Um, uh, again, um, just an amazing, uh, amazing amplifier, amazing sound. Um, I was never really an amp guy. And uh, first time I played through one of those, I was more of a processor into a, you know, power amp type thing. Didn't really care what the amp was as long as it made the processor sound good. These amps, it was the first time I heard an amp that didn't need anything through it to sound amazing. And I just had to get involved with them. So uh, Orange Amplifiers, uh, Digitech, of course, uh, Dean Markley Strings, uh, DiMarzio for the pickups, straps, and cables. Um, let's see, Audix, uh, for the microphones. Um, I know I'm forgetting, uh, <laughs> bro, brace audio for the wireless system. Um, uh, also, uh, uh, Steinberg, uh, gives me, uh, my endorsement for the recording software and everything for Cubase. And so do you seek these, did they come to you? Do you go to them? How does that work? In the beginning, it was, uh, well, actually in the beginning, my first endorsement that I ever got, uh, was, uh, through PV. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a uh, an album out called uh, Pointing at the Moon, and I put it on this website called Broad Jam, where uh, just everyone from the music business puts their music on there, and they vote on other people's music, and people from the music industry go there. It was a really cool site, and there were just thousands of bands with literally hundreds of thousands of songs on this sure. website. And uh, I had an album pointing at the moon and the album ranged so many different genres that I ended up getting uh, four number one hits in four different genres. Wow. And then I had one number one hit that stayed number one on the site for two full weeks, which back, you know, at that time, you know, somebody would have a number one hit and it's gone the next day and sure. mine stayed solid for two weeks. So PV had owned part of Broad Jam. And so the AR guy uh, who at who was, it was kind of amazing. Uh, I was David Ellison from Megadeth, the bass player. He sent me an email and asked me if I'd be interested in endorsing PV. And I talked to him on the phone and of course, you know, just being in Olympia and <laughs> not knowing anybody. I'm, I'm like, you know, you know, it's kind of funny because the bass player from Megadeth, his name's David Ellison too. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, yeah, that that's me. And I was like, you know, and then I'm all, you know, totally jacked out just, of your mind. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I've been to so many of your concerts. I've seen you like, you know, and I'm like, all right, I'm an idiot. So, um, so I started out and don't you, when you're done, you want to run out of the house. I was just on the phone. Do you know how, guy. do you know how many people I went around to? all my friends and showed on my cell phone and I'm like look here's David Ellison's number look I got David Ellison's number this is David Ellison from Megadeth I talked to David Ellison you know and it was just I still do that with guests we've had on here <laughs> I, I was more ecstatic with that than actually having the endorsement that sure, I sure you know. absolutely but um, I basically once I you know they approached me with that and I started thinking well geez you know I never thought about endorsements before and I was like well if I can get one maybe I could get others and so I started uh, approaching other companies that I used and uh that was that for me was the big thing. I know a lot of guitar players and a lot of musicians, they'll endorse just anything under the sun just to get an endorsement. And I don't want to endorse anything that I don't completely use. Right. And so basically, like literally, I, I have an endorsement for every single thing that I use, but I don't have an endorsement for anything that's just, you know, like like Rockstar energy drinks or freaking Nabisco or something like that. I don't have, you know, you know, whatever. I, you know, I don't have those kind of endorsements, but it's like, um, you know, so I, I thought, okay, I'll start approaching places. So I approached Digitech. I approached Dean Markley. I approached Ibanez and I got to approve from, uh, I got approved from Dean Markley. Then I got approved from Digitech and I got denied from Ibanez like about four times. I mean, I tried over and over and over. And I kept getting denied. And once I got my job as a clinician, where basically, you know, I'm going coast to coast two weeks each month, I'm hitting all these different music stores, all these festivals, all these places with musicians who are buying the gear. It was like, you know, well, yeah, you're you're in places where people have our gear on the wall for sale sure. and you're playing on our stuff. Yeah. It, ma- it makes, makes sense because the whole thing with these guys is, is how much do you get out there now that I've been in the business for a while? I hear a lot of them all the time. They're like, you know, we don't want some guy who plays in his bedroom, you know, and he plays, uh, he plays a show once a month and, and, anyone no one outside his immediate family knows who he is we're not going to endorse you know the they want and it and lately it's gotten even i mean they want serious exposure now right. because they've just you know when the economy trimmed up they trimmed up too and well, so well i will say that we here at the northwest convergence zone on behalf of big joe and myself and double d we uh, endorse you <laughs> yes. yeah. and i got i got to say that you would have never got the nabisco endorsement cuz daryl and i have that covered yeah, so. that's all. but let's uh, let's listen to some more of this high Highly endorsed rock and roll. This is a song titled Juice. 
All right, Juice is the name of the tune. Rick Beatty is our guest, and you can go to his website at Rick. It's R I K K Beatty B E A T T Y dot com. It's a great website, especially for all you uh, guitar lovers. Man, there's lots of killer pictures. There's tunes. You can go through all of his endorsements and everything. It's a great website. That's Rick com. Now, I want to ask you, uh, on behalf of guitar players and everything, uh, you know, we all spend time practicing, learning scales and, you know, all the things the, that, you know, can be boring and so forth. But in listening to your music and all of the, the shredding, as we say, uh, I just got to ask you this. How many frets can you stretch? <laughs> it depends on the scale length of the fretboard, I guess. But, um... <laughs> Uh, I I don't I don't know. Uh, I never really, I never really <laughs> measured it because uh, I could just I mean it I can just see your hand just stretched out trying to hit you know hit some of these notes and so forth and it it is it's amazing because a lot of times and I taught guitar for a while uh, you're trying to teach kids mm -hmm. about the importance of scales modes all these different things but they don't make sense really when you're doing them at the time because it just it just sounds like individual notes da 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 going up and down the fretboard where did it when did it click for you and when did you decide or, or realize i got a real knack for this or a gift or maybe it did maybe it took a lot of hard work it well it, it did take a lot of hard work i remember when i uh when i first started playing guitar i was living in uh, west virginia and uh we lived on a really busy road so there wasn't really much for me to do during the summer and i got my first guitar right at the beginning of summer vacation and i remember my mom leaving for work in the morning and i'd get up and i'd start practicing and, and working on the guitar and then I, I remember so many times her coming home from work at night and i was still i was still playing i hadn't done anything different all day. I stopped to get something to eat for lunch, but really, I mean, that's all I did was play guitar all day. And when I started taking lessons and learning about scales and modes, I, I asked my, my teacher the exact same thing. It was actually <laughs> uh, Kevin Wire. Uh, he teaches down at Music 6000 and Lacey. He's probably one of the most amazing guitar players I've, I've ever heard in my life. And I, I'd asked him, I was like, you know, what, what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> you know, I mean, is this just busy work or what, what are you, what are you yeah, exactly. showing me? And he's like, you know what? He goes, and, and he kept trying to explain it to me. And finally, one day he's just, you know, he's like, you're going to get up one day and, and you're going to get it. It's just going to make sense. I, I really, I don't know how to put it into any other words aside from that. You're just going to get it. He goes, and you really, you just need to trust me that you need to keep working on this, that, you know, no matter what. And so really, honestly, I, I did. I trusted him implicitly. And so I blindly, I just practiced those modes and scales, no, you know, literally every day, you know, knowing that someday I was going to get, get it, it, you know, <laughs> and I swear to God, one day I woke up and I, I just like literally woke up and I'm like, oh my God, if you, okay, so three, <laughs> three notes will make a chord and you can put all these different chords together from the scale and then that scale worked for playing leads over. Oh my God, you know, yeah. and I got it and I was like, holy crap, it's you know, this, this is amazing, moment. you know, yeah. yeah. and uh, I, I played guitar in, in jazz band bass in high school. It was the only way I could get away with bringing my guitar to school and, and actually getting credit for it. So I, uh, I played guitar in jazz band and my, the teacher you know, he'd like, he'd say, okay, you play a solo right here. And I was like, okay. So solo came and I'm just playing modes as fast as I can play them. And I'm like, there's a solo. And he's like, yeah, it's not a solo. He goes, why don't you try, actually, why don't you try taking the melody of the song, what the singer's singing and play that on the guitar? And I was like, what? <laughs> All right. So I tried that. And, and then he goes, and now put stuff around it, you know, to make it, you know, spice it up, make it more interesting. 
And and I did. And I was and that was my other my you know last epiphany. It was just like, wow, that's what makes a solo. That's what, you know, when people walk away from something and they can hum that melody and take it with them, that's going to stick more than just shredding as fast as you can on the guitar. And so that's what got me into instrumental music right there was, was realizing that, you know, I'm able to replace the vocalist, you know, and I'm able to play something that people can hum along to and they can take with them, you know? And so that's, yeah. Rick, uh, you picked up the guitar at 13, so at 12, 13, was there anybody that you listened to that provided the spark that caused you to say, I want to do that? Yes. Actually, you know, and it's it's so weird. When I was uh, six years old, six or seven years old, I was uh, always at my friend's house, and uh, his parents were, you know, just... Uh, you know, old ex hippies, you know, and they'd always listen to Hendrix. They always listen to Dylan. Just that, that's what was going on. That's what was being played. And I just thought that's what everybody listened to. And we were watching a, a video one time of Hendrix playing the national anthem at Woodstock. And I saw that video and I was just like, Oh my God, I, you know, I want to play guitar. That's what I want to do. And that's, and I can honestly remember that's when I decided that I really wanted to play guitar. And it was funny. My wife found this book that I made when I was in the sixth grade as like a class project. And in it, on one of the lines, it said, when I grow up and I filled in, I want to be a guitar player. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, wow. So I'd been thinking about it all that time. Well, you know, um, recently I went up to, uh, for the first time, went up to the EMP, you know, up in uh, Seattle. Seattle, mm-hmm. and uh, they have that wing dedicated to Hendrix, and in that wing is that guitar that he played the national anthem on, and it was just like what a surreal moment, you know, standing, you know, three inches away from the thing that made me want to start doing all this in the first place. You know, it was it was it's pretty wild. It's been an odyssey Very, for you, yes. and uh, in fact, the next song we're going to play off of Rick Beatty's. Uh, this is your upcoming CD, correct? Correct. Juice and Odyssey Juice, are off the new album, and this is Odyssey. name of the track is odyssey and our guest today rick Beatty. uh i know we're gonna we're gonna hear from people they're gonna want to know where they can get 
some of this music? Where where can we find this stuff? Uh, you can find it on CDBaby.com, Guitar 9 Records. Uh, you can find it on Amazon.com, iTunes, Rhapsody, Napster, all the pay sites. Maurice the Fish um, Records. Maurice the Fish Records, absolutely. That's your boss. bad one for you. <laughs> but uh yeah now you do a lot for maurice the fish though don't you i mean you, the, we, we're, we've talked to them and they talk about how it's a bit of a co-op and they uh draw on each other's talents and so forth what else do you i i think you were recording heidi Vladikas, uh i was recording her today actually yeah. yeah and so you so you pitch in and help out with uh, some of the recording and do you play on any other anybody else's cds and stuff you lend a hand with your guitar and stuff um i haven't uh played on anybody's cds from the label i played on a bunch of band cds when they come in mm-hmm. um they'll have me record but for the label I, I don't think i've played on anybody's uh albums um i have a uh i've always had a studio uh because i've always been you know interested in recording and, and just keeping that going and slowly grown over the years and i've done plays music for plays and and uh, uh all sorts of stuff commercials and and uh, state projects and things like that and do you do any shows locally there where we, where we could come out and see the band i do actually um i have uh the band actually plays – this year we have played more out of state than we've played in state. We've done Nashville and Texas. We just did the South by Southwest and Texas Rock Fest. We did. We opened up for uh, uh, Faster Pussycat and L.A. Guns and uh, nice. George Lynch's Lynch Mob and <laughs> uh, um, all those guys. But – we have a we have a show on the uh, on the thirteenth at the Fourth Ave Ta- November thirteenth at the Fourth Ave Tavern down in Olympia, and this is a benefit show for the Diabetes Foundation, and we're going to have a lot of giveaways from a lot of different companies, including uh, some of my sponsors, uh, to raise as much money as we can for uh, the Diabetes Foundation. So. So that's November 13th at the 4th Avtav in Olympia. Correct. And you guys will be playing. We'll be headlining the show. We'll be headlining and, the show. Uh, we've got uh, right now, it's just uh, special guests. Yeah, Mark, I'm saying mark that on your calendar. There's a reason now to take a trip down to Olympia other than to protest or whatever. You're, you're protest on. <laughs> no, amazing stuff, my man. Rick, uh, before we go, uh, short of uh, spontaneously combusting drummers, do you have any uh, favorite Spinal Tap moments that you can talk about? Oh, man. Um, you mean like personally or just on the movie? <laughs> no. Well, both. <laughs> uh, yeah, both. Uh, yeah, definitely both. Um, oh, geez. Uh, road stories are just, uh, there's a lot of them. Um, well, I did have a drummer quit on me on tour one time. It was it was pretty funny. We we had uh, I I just released this album called Infinity Within. It was my only album where I did vocals on it, and at the same time I'd released Pointing at the Moon, which is you know another instrumental album. So we went on tour for it down in uh, Oregon and California, and and uh, started out the tour with at like Little Creek Casino, and and had some you know some really great shows. As we went down through Oregon and California, uh, we hit a lot of you know just bars and taverns that we were playing at, and this was a brand new drummer, and he just got slowly just kept getting you know just fumingly <laughs> upset that we weren't playing just constant shows that were as big as like little creek and stuff was as many people coming to it and he just up and quit right there wow. at, the, at the very end of the tour and so short of going into like you know just doing an acoustic set for the rest of our shows we <laughs> had this drummer 
at, at, uh, at he quit the morning that we pulled into the, the venue for that day. And, uh, the, the bar owner was like, Hey, I've got a drummer who could, who could probably fill in. So he came over, gave him a CD, listened to it. And he came back that night and played. And we said, well, you know what? We've got like three more shows. And he's like, I'll do them. So he, he came with us on the road. And, awesome. and uh, so, so, so it kept you from having to do jazz odyssey then it did. Yeah. And there was no, no, no competing with puppet shows or anything like that. So, um, yeah, we've, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we did have Spinal Tap on the DVD player the entire tour, though. So that probably, that might not have helped his mood as he was, uh, <laughs> that's threatening to drummers. Well, you know, being, uh, loving guitars and being a guitar player, I mean, we could talk guitars all day. And Rick, I hope you come back sometime because I, I really dig what you're doing. And I got a lot of other questions for you, but time, uh, is running out on us. So, uh, want to thank you so much for coming in. I want to remind everybody on November 13th at the fourth av tab in olympia you can go check uh rick out uh check out his web page uh website rick beady that's r-i-k-k rick beady.com it's fantastic keep it up brother that is some amazing stuff thank yes. you all right man rick beady what a super talent that guy is man oh, you talk yes. about talk about some guitar prowess virtuoso and all that stuff and and the fact that he's right here in the south sound uh and relatively unknown that is amazing. That guy, uh, I can't wait to see him play live. That's all I'm saying. I, I think you had it right when you said about him or guitar players like him, that if you were a guitar player, listen to that guy. You just want to quit. Yep, you just want to <laughs> drop your guitar and just like uh, never even pick it up again. So, all right, Rick Beatty, thank you for coming in. And uh, we're going to work on getting that guy into the T-Town uh you know, venues and stuff so you can get to watch that guy do his thing because it is spectacular. All right. The uh, Tacoma Comedy Club has their big official grand opening this coming weekend. And uh, the uh, the headline act is a very funny comedian whose name is Colin Moulton. And uh, we had a little conversation with him while he was fixing dinner. All right. On the show with us today, we have a very, very funny comedian who will be making a stop in Tacoma this coming weekend at the Tacoma Comedy Club. It's the newest and best comedy club in Tacoma. And I can say that because I've been there and it is great. Colin Moulton is our guest. Colin, how are you? Wow. I'm doing great, man. Thanks for the props. Oh, yeah. No, it's very funny. Uh, we're looking forward to you being in town. And uh, tell us where you're coming from and what, what it's like to fly into the great city of Tacoma. <laughs> <laughs> well, I live in Los Angeles, so uh, flying into, into Tacoma or SeaTac is a dream because I get up, you know, noon. <laughs> And I'm there at like two in the afternoon, and away we go. Yeah, that's great. Now the uh, you are the headliner for the actual grand opening of our brand new comedy club, which is titled, ironically, the Tacoma Comedy Club. And uh, yeah, you're... I know. Like I, I'm, they must have thought really hard about that. And yeah, I think Adam was on you know. a uh, three week bender and uh decided <laughs> that sounds good <laughs> but uh you got, you got three weeks to name the club yeah All exactly right. <laughs> i'm gonna boil it down to the only thing that matters coma. <laughs> that's right yeah now um you have uh quite a resume going you were uh the winner of the uh, rocky mountain laugh-off competition i have won that one year yeah yeah and you've been on comedy central's best of series you had a showtime special I was on Best of the Improv, yeah. 
Yep, that's uh, no that's no small potatoes. And you had your own no. Showtime special. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just finished the half-hour stand-up special that'll air in about a month or so in December, I think. And actually, that'll be airing at the same exact time that my CD is released. Oh, and what's the name, of your, CD. What's the name of your new CD? Cowlicks. Cowlicks. Oh, and that I assume that has to uh, <laughs> that comes from your your routine. I've seen your routine, and it's very funny. And your thing about the cowlicks. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, the thing. The, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I have I was diagnosed with cowlicks. Very sad. But, yeah, there's a uh, <laughs> there's a whole big piece on that, and I I just thought you know it just I tell you why I did it honestly is because digital performance was paid on downloads, and uh, this CD will make a lot more money if there's a goofy picture on the front. So if I name it cowlicks, and I, I went and did a photo shoot, there'll be a picture of me with a cow licking my head. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, and then, and even if people don't know who I am, they'll go, oh, i got to see this. It's the cowlick guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's why I did it, just so I can afford to come to Seattle every now and then, you know? Colin, uh, this is Big Joe. I wanted to ask you, I noticed in your bio that you're also a um, musician. Um, I do play music. Uh, I don't as much as I used to. I used to write and play original comedy songs, but I don't really do that on stage anymore. Mostly just straight stand up, um, but uh, but yeah, I love just the release of playing music and just focusing. But because when I pick up a guitar and start playing a guitar, I have an excuse to not answer anybody who's talking to me. So, but you're a music fan, obviously, and uh, do you ever uh, work your musicianship into the act? Yeah, yeah, I did. I used to do original songs, original comedy songs years ago. I did. I toured with a guy named Mark Ryan, and we did. Uh, um, about two or three years, or maybe more than that, we we toured together doing this kind of live show where I would perform and then he would perform both stand up and then I'd bring a guitar up and we'd play these originals that we wrote that were very dirty. Okay, right, uh, right. <laughs> and I understand. Kind of like party songs, and it was fun, man. Yeah, you know, I understand that. Right, I, I, grandma's I, in Heat was one of them. <laughs> uh, kinda, and, uh, I, yeah, we we would cut a whole album with that. I kind of also meant more as uh, if you ever had any kind of Spinal Tap moments that you uh, worked into the act. That you've experienced? Yeah, no, um, no, I don't. Not really. Mm -mm. No, I, I used to end my show with a lot of music and did stuff, but I don't. I don't at all anymore. I mean, every once in a while, I'll bring a guitar, but this last guitar that I had was really nice, and it got busted by the, uh, by the you know the TSA guys or whatever the people moving your baggage around. Oh, lovely, lovely so, yeah. Well, now, Colin. Yeah, I, I, but, but if somebody brings one, sometimes we'll do, or I'll go to Walmart and buy one of those little pink ones for thirty bucks. <laughs> and then, yeah, seriously. And then, and then, like at the end of my set, if it's like a late show, and I'm like, "You guys mind if I play a little guitar?" And they're like, uh, "Then I'll have somebody bring up that little guitar." <laughs> well, I got to be like, "All right, I'm going to play a little guitar." Well, I want to ask you. <laughs> one one of my favorite bits of yours is the uh, the baby with the hiccups thing. Will you be bringing oh, that? Oh, really? Yes. Will you be bringing that with you? Sure, man. I'll talk about that. I don't. You know that that I've been working on an, a new hour. So um, so I'm trying to. Um, I don't know, I was trimming things off and stuff, and so the hiccups joke has gone in and out, <laughs> honestly, but I'll remember that you told me that and do it this week. Oh, yeah, the uh, the trans... I also have a really funny new piece that I've been working on that, that just kind of, I mean, I, I only did it, I've done it twice, and, uh, and, and I've only, in the last three days. And Great. I love it. It's Great. about my childhood, and it's about smoking cigarette butts when I was seven years old with my buddy Robert and, no. uh, and busting myself on it and then and then also experimenting my mother experimented with 
lesbianism. And then I, I found her Playboys, and my buddies and I got hard on, and we were seven, so we experimented with homosexuality. We were like, <laughs> what should we do? We just lay on each other. So we, we tried that because my mother was trying gayness. Yeah, Isn't that weird? That is weird. That's a little weird, man. So, yeah, so I didn't like, that's not something I've ever talked about on stage, but when I put it together as material and I started talking about it, people were really responding to it. I mean, I'm just telling you the highlight of it, like the basic premise, but sure. it's funny stuff. Oh, it sounds great. Now, your mom, that, uh, that's another topic that you bring up. Your mom, uh, there's, a, there's a, a bit of your routine that you used to do where you talked about smoking pot with her. Yes. That had to have been real yeah. weird, right? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, sure. That was the rule because she didn't want us to, you know, she didn't want us to uh, be unsafe. But she wanted to regulate it. So the rule was if you want to smoke, you had to smoke with mom. <laughs> and uh, and I just did. I just pretty much boiled down to, to the fact that if you want your kids to never smoke marijuana, make them smoke with you because that is a buzz kill. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah, or, I was like, no, mom, I don't want to do bong rips and read the encyclopedia and watch Matlock all day long. That's not fun for me. <laughs> Call <laughs> it. Buddies are playing hacky sack. <laughs> Call it. You've you've played a lot of the uh, the big uh, premier spots, the Improv, Caroline's, uh, uh, the Laugh Factory, and so now you're coming to the Tacoma Comedy Club. But I wanted to Man, ask it's you. Just up, up, up. Up, 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 right. Caroline's Laugh Factory Improv, and here we go, all prepared me for this. Well, that's... For the Tacoma Comedy Club, Comedy Club, Comedy Club. Yes, but that's where I was going with oh it. God. That's where I was going with it, as I wanted to ask you, all those places that are premier, at least most of us think they are, but really, are all of them premier? Are any of them really dumps? Um, you know what's interesting is the improv can be hit and miss, and, and it's a different animal. It's not like real stand-up. It's a different type of stand-up that you have to do in that place, the improv in Los Angeles. The, the road rooms are different, but the L.A. room is uh, definitely weird, you know? So they, But they treat you well when you're there. Um, yeah, take it out. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I'm cooking right now. <laughs> what's for dinner, Colin? Uh, okay, butternut squash. Filet mignon and uh, and uh, green beans cooked garlic. We'll be over in a half an hour. How about that? <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> no, Colin Moulton is coming to Tacoma, and uh, we want to thank you so much for spending a couple moments with us. And everybody, get oh, out! Oh, dude, I, w I love that. Uh, thank you for inviting me anytime. Uh, do you guys have a sit down thing I can do with you while I'm there? Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll try to arrange that. That would be fantastic. We'd love to have you in the yeah, let's studio. Do some interview. Let's talk and hang out while I'm there on the weekend. Perfect, Colin. We're looking forward to seeing you, my man, and have a safe flight up. And I know you're gonna you're gonna knock us all out. You're a very very funny person. Thanks, man. Love you, brothers. I'll see you when I'm there. All right. Thanks, Colin. Have a good night. Bye bye. Okay, bye. So the dates on that are October 22nd at 8 p.m. That's Friday, and then Saturday the 23rd there's an 8 and a 10 p.m. show. The price is 12 bucks. But here's the deal. You guys ready for this? If you go to their website, which is TacomaComedyClub.com, and click to buy tickets, you go to the brown paper tickets section. Now, they have a, a little box there that says code. If you type in NWCZ, you get $2 off. Yeah. Two bucks off for the big grand opening with Colin Moulton. And I'm telling you, this guy is funny he does some great physical comedy he's a very well polished uh comedian his act he has it down pat 
and he will have you absolutely in stitches. So everybody get out there on Friday or Saturday. You got three chances to see this guy. (laughs) That's so funny. Last time I heard that, I laughed so hard I fell off my dinosaurs. Yeah. Okay, Grandpa. Uh, (laughs) But two bucks off, if you go to Brown Paper Tickets uh, off of their website, type in NWCZ. And what does that stand for? That stands for the uh, No Whining Club Zone. Yeah, that's very cool. Northwest (laughs) Convergence We've arrived. We're like the uh, radio guys that uh, give discounts when you order flowers. Yeah, no, and we don't get anything out of that. (laughs) Uh, Adam Norwest, who's one of the co-owners, he did that on his own. Thank um, you. Yeah, thank you, Adam. We don't get any money from it, but that's just a benefit to you guys for listening to us. So I hope you take advantage of it and buy those tickets and put that code in there, save your two bucks and go down there. It's a great venue. It's right there on sixth and Tacoma Avenue downtown. So get out there and see those guys. All right. Uh, next week we have our big Halloween show. We did it last year and it was a big success. Everybody kind of liked it. We go down, we go through like the top 10, uh, Halloween candies. We go through top 10 movies and rock songs from Halloween and all day. We have a lot of fun and we're also going to talk to the guys from the Black Lake Asylum. But um, before we get on out of here, we have uh, a little bit of an announcement. I'm going to turn it over to my man, Big Joe. All right. Thanks, Daryl. Well, I just wanted to let you know, due to some personal and uh, family reasons, I'm going into an indefinite extended retirement, so to speak. And uh, this is my last show for the Northwest Convergence Zone. Uh, so, Rockter J, Big Joe, Joe, that other guy, whatever you may call me, uh, that will do it. But before I go, I want to thank some folks. Uh, first, I want to thank the whole uh, Northwest Convergence Zone team. It's been a great 16 months. Uh, I appreciate everything you guys have done, and uh, I've enjoyed it tremendously. Uh, second, I want to thank all the Northwest Convergence Zone listeners Thanks for being out there. Uh, thanks for tuning in every week. Uh, hopefully, I've brought something to the show that you've uh, enjoyed. And last but not least, uh, I want to thank all the guests on the Northwest Convergence Zone, uh, all the talented musicians, co- uh, comedians, artists, authors, everybody. Um, it's really been great getting a chance to know you. You guys are incredibly talented. And I wish all of you the best in the future. And uh, hopefully I will still be out there trying to catch you here and there whenever I can. So before I go, uh, I just want to say in the words of uh, one of my childhood idols, the great Roy Rogers, uh, happy trails to everyone. And before we get before we go, um, Joe, this is a this is very sad moment for us because uh you you have brought so so much to this show and have been such a big part of our show and and a a brother to myself and everybody here Uh, a lot of you guys don't know uh but the the artists and everybody who come in joe brings lots of food every week and we put it out and we have a, a great um like a green room effect here where we have food and beverage and stuff and um I mean, I go back to your uh, the birthdays uh, segment that you brought in, and the um, you know the where are they now, and this uh, this week in rock music history, all the research and the things you've done, and all the great questions that you had for our guests, and we're gonna miss you, man. We're really, really, really gonna miss you. Uh, the the door is always open for you to come back. I know you have some things you got to take care of, 
But from time to time, if you find a moment, I know our, I know the listeners out there and us especially welcome you back in at any time, even if it's for a week or for a segment or whatever. We just we, we hope uh, that you, you will feel feel that you are still part of this family. Well, I appreciate that very much. And believe me, I'll be out there listening and uh, keeping uh, check on what's going on. Uh, but. You know, I wish you guys a lot of continued success for sure. And we uh, we put together a little something for you, so uh, sit back for a moment. These are some of the uh, some some of Joeisms over the year. It's going great, beautiful uh, day. So what are we gonna, what are we going to call this thing? I think we're going to call it the Northwest Convergence Zone. Now here's a doctor of rock himself, Big Joe, with this week in music history. Big man, of course. The myth, the legend, Big Joe. Well, that was a very nice intro. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Hello, everyone. Greetings and salutations, as always, from the man cave in the city of destiny. Tacoma, Washington. Hello, and uh, greetings and salutations, as always, from the city of density, (laughs) Tacoma, Washington. Yeah, hello everybody, as always, greetings and post-Olympic salutations from the home of Northwest Roots Rock and Roll. Yes. Tacoma, Washington, here in the man cave. This is Big Joe and uh, using Will Ferrell's line from old school. I had a great time. <laughs> so greetings and salutations, as always, from the man cave in the, in, I don't know, what city are we in? Hangover City. <laughs> yeah, Hangover City, Tacoma. It's going great. Got to say greetings and salutations to everyone from the city of Destiny here in beautiful T-Town. Hello, 